the New Zealand Business Podcast, brought to you by Guerrilla Technology, your strategic and proactive IT partner. Hi, I'm Paul Spain, and welcome along to this, the 15th episode of the New Zealand Business Podcast. Now, this episode, we have a guest host. Yes, we have business journalist and communications expert, Joanna Bennett. She's talking with Francesca Alexander, an American entrepreneur and social media professional who has been living and running her business, Social Global Grind, in New Zealand since 2014. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy this one. My name's Joanna Bennett, and I'm here today with Francesca Alexander. She's a Californian turned Kiwi who moved to New Zealand about 18 months ago, I think now, with her New Zealand husband, Callum. She's lived in San Francisco and Los Angeles, a Hollywood makeup artist. She started her own social media business some years ago now, teaching everyone from celebrities to women running small businesses to tech startup companies how to make the most of social media to get their businesses noticed and get sales moving. She reckons that the US is about four years ahead of us here in New Zealand when it comes to social media use, so I'm hoping she can tell us a thing or two that might be useful to you guys. Hello, Francesca. Thank you for talking to me today. So Let's start at the beginning. Tell us about yourself and how you started using social media. I believe you learned to love it because it helped you, especially something called social no e harmony that I'd not heard of, <laughs> which sounds like a gentler version of Tinder. So it, it is, and it's it's a company from Pasadena, California, and e harmony is 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 well, a story starts there. I'm not sure if that's actually a social media thing, but it was a website that paired people that were interested in and real relationships. So it's not, yes, you're right. It's definitely different from Tinder. It's like the polar opposite. And uh, I had a run of some good, you know, string of bad guys. I thought maybe I should try a, a good guy. Sounds like a good idea to me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, from there, I uh, really started using social media in terms of connecting with other Kiwis, listen, it's it's the funniest line in the book if you ask an American, you know, where's New Zealand? They'll say where. <laughs> you know, but for me, it was it was um, it was all very fairy tale like very enchanting. You know, my at the time, my new boyfriend had this wonderful accent and I wanted to find more about the people. What did it make? You know, how did how did they tick? What what made them tick? And I started reaching out with other Kiwis on Twitter. Is that when you started your um, your Twitter? Yeah, account? it was. It, y- yes, it was, and it really was about just the curiosity, um, finding out about new people, and it was really interesting because it was like you were texting somebody, and they would give a response back, and they're from the you know other half side of the world. It was a remarkable thing, and um, at the time, I was not in marketing; I was in sales, but I was seeing how simple engagement happened, and what it meant to really be, oh gosh, vulnerable um, in social media. This is no, this is like a year after Twitter just started, so it was very early days. And um, I usually have, I'm the kind of girl that has my heart on my sleeve, so I really just try to like just check out the boundaries and see how it all worked. And it was a really magnificent sort of journey, me sitting in my home in Pasadena and being able to 
text people around the world and get feedback on everything. I mean, even I, I actually had started my big weight loss journey at the time, and I was able to connect with other people that were going through that too. And I was also telling the story of this great guy I just met and how I'm over here and he's way over there and, you know, he'll come over eventually. And so it, it was just a really cool platform to really connect with people that um, I've never known. And also it has a little bit of a, that anonymity that really works sometimes where you can kind of just share your your soul in a safe environment in a way. What about the trolls? That didn't happen till later. So I'm like, okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah the, I mean, I get them now, but th- that's another story. It's actually, for me, it's a badge of honor. If I get a troll, that means that I'm disturbing somebody and my voice is loud. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> I understand you've got a massive Twitter following now. What are you up to? Oh, um, I think it's close to 60, but it, it wasn't... 60,000 was looking. 60,000, and it wasn't, it wasn't supposed to, or I wasn't really focused on that because I was, you know, that digital marketer that wanted to get that for their clients. But I soon realized if I didn't have that sort of following, how can I draw clients to really check me out? So that's why I really, really started um, wanting to build that organically. But you've got some tips about using Twitter because even now I think some people don't realize the conversation and they're just like put a sales message out there mm. and wonder why it doesn't work. Yeah, and you know, I've, I've fallen into that trap too. I especially fall, used to fall into that trap. I would say just at the you know end of November after Thanksgiving and you have Cyber Monday and you got to sell your product and you got to you know act fast and act now and yes that that doesn't work <laughs> it absolutely doesn't work so what does work is just repeating why you do what you do and what's your passion behind it and those that always seems to really resonate with everybody you know the the people going to your website after hearing that will will want to find out more about you but it's not it's not necessarily you know you don't have to beat people over uh with the value or product you could just talk about why you do what you do is that like your rugby story where you you were sort of so concerned at losing your husband to rugby that you made a, a tent on the couch and you guys got under it and he was bringing you wine rather than you bringing him beers? Is that uh, the kind of thing you mean? I, in terms of, of uh, meaning um, just a distraction? Is that what you're talking about or pulling away? or? Well, I'm thinking like a personal story because you seem to share on different platforms uh, on social media. That's true. So one of the social media platforms that I like sharing stories is, is MailChimp and it's a newsletter. Uh, creator and I did um, out of total frustration because listen I, I understand you guys love your rugby over there we love our NFL football over here it's just so interesting it's 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 almost like the it's a drum circle everybody's beating on it it's just incredible but yes it's it's i call myself a rugby widow when the all blacks play in particular there was a situation where i could not get my husband to focus on me and that's that's never good <laughs> so what i did instead of just you know going through the same old arguments i i went ahead and i i, I changed the whole you know front room um to look like it was you know fairy lights and and a tent over the couch and we live on a 13 floor apartment building so it looks like we were floating and i really made it put it around pleasure um 
and he actually was waiting on me instead of ignoring me so he was giving me a glass of wine and I had shared this I'm like all right we got to turn this around and you know for the most part it it happens if you make that occasion special but you know there's again I'm I'm dealing with a Kiwi guy so <laughs> oh, <laughs> I will no. be that rugby widow every well, that, once in a while I think the, that story will resonate with a lot of people <laughs> I, I, from the social media point of view I was thinking about the fact that you will share something on different platforms like yes. you'll tweet that as well as being in your e-newsletter and you'll put it on your website and I don't know if you would Instagram it perhaps you could it sounds like you could oh you definitely could it, I, I think that that's that's one of the cool oh. point of differences with social media is that yes you can be a brand but you can you can personalize it as well and are you saying that sharing your story like a personal story that resonates with other people I mean obviously rugby is such a big deal here that actually gets you out there and helps your business ultimately I think so. I think if you're really relatable and, you know, primarily my, my demographic is, is, is a very much a reflection of myself. So it's between the ages of, oh, goodness, I would say 35 and up because I, I feel like I'm 35 and up. I'm definitely more than 35. But, you know, I'm just saying that I, I really resonate and connect with women. So if they can find something in my life that's relatable including my success stories and not so successful stories I think that that's really important is to share that through social media yes I have a good company and it's you know always been really sustainable not always but at least it is now but I definitely want to show and share that it's not all perfect and I think that entrepreneurs don't talk about that no, they don't. There's definitely a dark side to entrepreneurship. Mm. Yes. I mean, one of the things you were saying is you got onto you got onto social media because you were feeling a bit isolated and lonely at that time. And I think you, you then said to me that that can be the case when you're starting your own business as well. Oh, and social I, yeah. media can can help with that. It can. It really can. And I'll, and I'll bring an example up with that. So there are things that hit that. Uh, and, I, and I really resonate with the female entrepreneur experience. So, which is, you know, men have a de- very different one and it's great. Um, they've been in it for a while. Women are barely, are just kind of discovering what those feelings are. So, yes, there's isolation. There is self-doubt. There are people that don't understand what you're doing. They really would like it if you could just get a stable job. So we're always having to go through that cycle. Um, and one way that you can really help with that is gaining a community. And I've used the meetup, meetup.com or the meetup groups to really help with that, especially me moving you know, from Los Angeles with, with no friendships here. If I wanted to create that, I used meetup for that. Tell us a little bit about meetup because I don't think everyone's familiar with it. So I believe meetup.com, and I'm, I feel like it's a New York company, um, I might be wrong. And basically, it is about these, if everybody's familiar with a pop-up store, it's kind of like pop-up groups. So support groups or, um, but not, a, <laughs> I say support groups, it sounds very California and very LA. It's like, no, it's not that kind of support group. It's, it's whatever you want it to be. So maybe you wanted to have a wine club, or if you wanted a book club, or if you wanted to be an artist that collaborated with a bunch of artists, it, it's, it could be anything that you want it to be. I, in particular, um, this January, had started one that's called Women Who Amp. And Women Who Amp is framed around female entrepreneurs and some of the obstacles that they have to go through and how they can use each other for support. 
and it's grown to over 400 plus women. Um, it's very active. Um, there's a wonderful place that is really accommodating um, that I use often, and it's the White Rabbit in, in Brittle Mart. They're, they're amazing. And they've really been supportive through, through the cause, and I needed to say that because I just got an amazing email from them uh, that was just lovely. So, um, yeah, so, so there are ways that you can do it. And, and if you are that entrepreneur, you could be in the smallest little suburb somewhere around the world, you can start it. You don't have to... Um, wait to find one that works for you. You can create one, and I will. I can absolutely share how I do it, or you know what we talk about our topics. I'm happy to share that if you contact me. And Bridemart's in Auckland, yes. Yes, in it case is. people listening in aren't, aren't in Auckland, I thought I'd let it's, you guys know that. How would you describe Bridemart? Oh goodness, it's a sort of um, it's kind of an upmarket shopping and business centre, but it's quite small because Auckland's not that big, and it's on the waterfront. And as as I'm sure Francesca's discovered, New Zealand has got a a really thriving cafe culture, and and, and White Rabbit the cafe is um, we're we're not getting paid for them, just so you know this. They're um, amazing though, yeah. Yeah, they but, are. but it's just a nice sort of coffee bar with lots of um, nice food if you fancy that as well. One of the things that really interested me when we were talking about social media is like I was immediately thinking about Twitter and the other platforms. And you said, the f- and you learned this from your celebrity clients in Hollywood, who I gather you can't name because it's confidential. But you said, um, well, a real basic for everyone on social media, particularly when they're in business, is reputation. And it's not just for celebrities. Could you talk about that a bit? Oh, yeah. Reputation management. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yes, I, I have worked with celebrities that have well listen every celebrity at any level might misstep a little bit socially and that means they might overshare they might um uh you know talk about exactly what upset them at that moment you are dealing with a subset of people that are always being told yes so when they're told no they let everybody know and it's it's happened um, even with a business that I that I helped do social media marketing with, and uh, one celebrity had decided that he wasn't happy with that day's service, and he tweeted it. And you know, it's it's just it's all those nuances that maybe in the beginning, this is why I think New Zealand is one up from America. See, see we you've seen our mistakes, <laughs> you've seen our mistakes, and you also have the benefit of using analytics to understand where you're going. But that's a that's a different Oprah. But going back to to you know celebrities and and how they they need to understand reputation management is is you know don't tweet in the middle of it it's like even with with clients or colleagues i always say like listen if you're upset don't send that email until 24 hours it's the same thing with twitter once that happens how do you manage something like that the best way to do it is transparency address it head on you know, totally call it out what exactly went wrong. Like, listen, this is what, what happened and this is what I'm responsible for. Go down and acknowledge the people that you might have offended and then, you know, show something that's tangible on how you can counteract that action. So maybe it's it's an opposing positive action. Um, 
and, and there's different steps for different situations. Um, you know, and I can pull a lot of different situations that are great um, case studies. I think one of my favorite case study is Kim Kardashian after she got married, and she received a lot of gifts, a lot of money for a, a marriage that was dissolved. Was I think 28 days after? It wasn't long. It wasn't long. Something really ridiculous like that. And it not only tarnished her, but it tarnished the Kardashian brand. And I know that sounds silly for me to say that, oh, that's what, you know, tarnished it. But it, they, everybody was looped into that. And um, they could have done some other steps to further along and dissipate that sort of action of what, what had happened. But instead... And again, it's 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 on the the the, uh, the idea of all press is good press, but they received like press every day. It was a leading news story in Los Angeles. If you can believe that, I don't know if you could believe this about us Americans, but sometimes the Kardashians are leading in the news, like the first five, you know, three stories. So yeah, we we. Uh, we got enough of that, so it's you know. Listen, that's just one example, but a lot of a lot of celebrities um, uh, need to understand how to untangle themselves if they're in that situation. It sounds to me like celebrities and ordinary people like us are like. If you do something wrong and you you're very public about it on social media, you just have to say sorry. Yeah, and and that's also happened with the subset of of you know uh, reality stars. It's a very hard place to 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 live and be on social now. If you could imagine the fourteen year old now in in twenty fifteen, what is up? You know what she's up against. It's you know it's a different scene. I mean, everything that she does, any mistake, is recorded. It doesn't go away. No, it's big. Well, moving on from that, fascinating as it is, um, Pinterest. You're, that you're a big fan of Pinterest. I mean, uh, that, it's very much a girl's thing. Yes. But we'll talk about by sort of boysy things as well. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I gather 97% of the people who use Pinterest are women. But you're a big fan of it as a business tool. Can you talk about that? Oh, it's just another way to really just amplify who you are. You know, this is this is what I believe in. This is what I like. This is my aesthetic. This is um, These are things that really, um, you know resonate with me or that I, I love publishing and it's for me it's a relaxing social media outlet where I can just okay let me just grab my phone for this five minutes I'm just going to check out Pinterest and see what I can repost or repin and it, it feels great and I, I am a former makeup artist so I, I especially thrive in the world of fashion and, in, and especially in beauty so those things are the images that turn me on and what I like to share mostly um and also too it's a great marketing tool to show show off your aesthetic and using um you know created infographics that are really about you and you can tie them up with you know inspirational quotes is, is a really good example or maybe you're offering a product it's a great way to show off features and benefits to a product yeah, I gather you were saying use hashtags and look at the search engine optimization aspect of it and mm. also keywords so that you get to the people that you want to get to. Right. And uh, ideally, it, it should be um, the, the easiest and most fun thing that you can do in terms of branding. Especially if, yes, if, if you're in the female space. I mean, my husband does use Pinterest, but it's for... Um, 
Tattoos. <laughs> he has a sport for tattoos. He so he's one of the 3% of men who go on Pinterest. <laughs> he does like it. He's always interested in what I'm doing. Like, how do you, how do you Instagram? How do you do that? So it's, he's, he's, he's a very curious guy. And has he actually um, found a tattoo artist to go to through Pinterest here, just out of interest, seeing if it actually works for businesses? He's, yeah, this is a great example. You know, he's, he's interested in very tribal New Zealand Pacifica designs. You know, there should be artists out there that are showing off their portfolio with that. You know, we, we are having word of mouth conversations to find the new artist. He's using he's using Pinterest to pull the design. That's it. So there's an opportunity there. By there's the an of absolute that. opportunity, and it's not that hard to do. I mean, if especially if you're a small business and you know you, you want to know how to do that there there are i mean i'm really accessible you can always reach out to me and and i can you know share how to do that really easily yeah i think that um we were talking about the richie mccaw is it dre headphones youtube oh dr dre yeah dr, dr. dre the, the, the beat yeah, the, the beat YouTube headphones, video, yeah. which is which is it was it's gone viral on social media yes yes and that very much seems to resonate with what you were saying about the the new zealand story with the hacker translated so this is our land and we belong here I didn't see any tats in it but there's an awful lot of images of ricky richie sorry richie wearing these these headphones and going for runs getting myself ready for more sporting glory and the team too you know and first of all iTunes is genius at this Apple is genius at this they always talk about what they believe in and they use Richie McCaw to um, show what why you would have to you you need Beats headphones and and those that was such a great campaign because what it does is it shows the intensity and how he used them to train and how he was determined to go and smash Britain. It just it, I mean, there's even a, a thing where he's actually smashing a car with the with the Union Jack That's on right, it. That's right. Yeah, That's a few it. times, more than once. Yes. Happened. So it just it shows the intention. It shows the drive. It shows why you want to be a part of that. And how sexy is that? You know, excluding Mr. McCaw, but you know what I mean? It's just, it's it's a great, great advertisement. Yeah, it was um, very high quality, mm. I have to say. Didn't get bored at all. No. I mean, YouTube can bore you. <laughs> <laughs> now, something I wanted to touch on was the dark side of social media, because um, there's obviously this idea that very young people just get on it and they just know what they're doing automatically, and clearly they don't otherwise you wouldn't be talking about reputation management and what you did that was done when you were 14 coming back to haunt you 10 years Mm -hmm. later but there's um there's a kind of business side to it where you can damage your online brand with illegal backlinks and buying followers and all this kind of thing that the more disreputable seo experts for example might try and persuade you to do what can people do and what shouldn't they be doing to, to in, enhance their online presence oh that's such a good question i think that you know what always feel like you're in a job interview when you're using social media i think that that's probably the prime prime idea and i've seen um you know I've, a very talented um uh, family and on my new zealand side there's there's very talented people that are you know the last name alexander are growing up and i'm always coaching them on 
what they should do. And they're really, they're good, nat- they're very natural at sharing what they are. But if, if I can only, if I can say one thing to them, it's, it's just like, you know, feel like you're always on that university interview or the job interview and act like you accordingly. You know what I mean? And listen, you could be silly with your friends. That's great. Just don't record it. <laughs> so if you can just take the take the phone out of the equation, you're going to actually have much more fun and you can just, you know, be you without performing. I was also thinking about the business side of, you know, like, for instance, people, they can have a blog and they don't realize that if they continually upload stuff from other people, even if they attribute it, that... Um, Google views that as content farming. I mean, if, uh, you, if you stuff up with things like that and your your use of social media online, what do you think you can do to to um, repair things? Oh, there's there's a very interesting. Um, actually, I ran into a gentleman that that had that problem where their a company was using illegal backlinks, and Google penalized them such that they erased them from Google. <laughs> Just imagine you're a business. You're taking an advi- advice from somebody saying, hey, yeah, we'll, we'll be able to get your Google ranking up and we're going to do all of these backlinks on different websites. Meanwhile, you're the you're the person behind the business. This sounds all legit. And how would you know it's not legit according to Google standards? So if it's against Google best practices and you do something naughty like that, the repercussions are you're wiped clean from Google. So that's one thing you don't want to do is you definitely don't want to get into that conversation with somebody that, you know, what I call like the, the slick salesman approach, you know, to SEO. Kick the tires. Find out if things are legit. Um, that's That practice is is not. Um, it, it's, it's been used for a lot of businesses. What can, what can you do? Um, to reverse that, not very much. Um, listen, but if that has happened to you, instead of using Google, you absolutely can drive a campaign through Facebook, but um, and and use that route, and you can recover using Facebook. So that that's a that's something that I think that perhaps Google is using to consider um, changing their their best practices or maybe even rethinking it in general because I need to it's a little antiquated can you explain exactly what an illegal backlink is okay so an illegal backlink is um, let's just say I was I was doing that as a business and what I could do is I could create all of these different type of websites and the longer they stay uh, or the longer I have them the better actually and have all of these random different uh, websites. They don't have a lot of content on it unless I'm working for a client. What a backlink is is that it will bring back or bring traffic back to a particular website. So if my client, if I need to backlink something for my clients, like a blog or or anything, um, I would post it or backlink it on my website and maybe I, ha- I do this process with my 20 websites and I'm doing all of that. And um, they get noticed by Google and Google's going, wow, this this blog is popular. This, this page is popular on someone else's, uh, you know, blog basically you're boosting the popularity so as you do that um as you boost the popularity you're 
announcement or your blog or your page or your Google recognition goes up a page. So, and and that would mean um, that when you type in something, say you wanted to get an eyelash curler, and you have that company, and if you type in eyelash curler, what page do you come on? You know, come up on. Um, you might be. You might start at page eight and listen. No one really looks at past page one. I mean, maybe two, three is 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 very rare. Um, so if you're on page eight and you do this illegal process and you're on page one and you're right underneath the ads, um, you know, wow, that you you would sense that that was a good thing. But Google will eventually penalize you for that and wipe you clean. So it's not something you want to do. You want to do it in a way that is legitimate and you want to post through social media is one of the best ways to do it to get that ranking so if people are talking about um, your product in a way that is organic you're going to get a longer a long-term effect as opposed to something that is is cheap and easy so you're basically talking about original material and being authentic and engaging with people absolutely and you know at the end of the day we we want that i mean there's a lot of things out there that that are comparable to other products why do i need to buy your product it always it comes back to that Okay, that's going to be getting very technical there. So I thought, <laughs> no, no, that's that's very good. We need to know these things. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's so easy to fall down these particular rabbit holes if we don't know they're there. Now, one of the other things that I understand you're quite keen on is that entrepreneurs in general, but you, I think you think women in particular, have a lot of difficulty, particularly when they're starting out, asking clients to pay them. And you've got some... Um, ways that people can do that I mean can you share some of them I mean you've mentioned to me MailChimp auto reminders um, asking for payment up front and using I'm not, I don't quite know what this is the IPN feature on PayPal can you talk about this a bit more I think people find it very useful I yeah it's it's a great thing so when I remodeled my business um, I really started thinking about what makes me feel good when I'm working with a client What's uncomfortable and what makes me feel good? What, I'm, and, you know, females, I think, in, in general have uh, this issue with, with money where if they're asking for a client, they don't want to be perceived like, oh, I don't want them to think that I'm all about money. But you know what? Money is an exchange of energy and it needs to be there for the client to take you seriously. I can't stress that enough. If you don't charge correctly, if you don't charge or you're late on an invoice, your credibility slips. So in order for you to, to, to catch up um, or, or to, sh- to show the right tonality with a client is that, for me anyway, this is, I'm, I'm speaking from a place of me, <laughs> and I know that it's different from maybe a New Zealand-run business, but I, I love and it makes me feel good when I'm paid in advance. So I work really hard for clients when they pay a month in advance, and they, uh, and it's an auto-generated payment of three months. So that is that's always worked really well for me. It makes the client show up on time and show up for themselves when they do that. Because that's another thing. If you ever, I mean, if you ever been in the coaching realm or business coaching, or or if you're a freelancer, you know, sometimes what they'll do is they'll, they'll the perception is they'll throw work at you. They paid you, great. That's that's all my responsibility. I just wrote a check. I'm done. And we both know that that's not true. They need to have they have deliverables as well. So if you have a good dollar amount that they need to 
that they recognize that they just paid, they will absolutely show up on time and they will give you the stuff that they need so they can be within uh, those time parameters to achieve those goals. Now, that's that's one thing. And I use MailChimp auto reminders to, to let them know that, hey, payment is around the corner. Just to remind you, um, you know, in the next seven days, you're going to get an invoice. Or what's what even worked? Like it was genius. I think this this was a genius move. I have to say, for me anyway, because I'm very uncomfortable with money. So what I did is I went through what's called an IPN feature on Mailchimp. And by the way, anything that I'm saying, you could literally. I don't say Google it. I say YouTube it because I'm a visual learner. So if you need to go, how do I set up an IPN on YouTube? They'll show you step by step. So. What this does, it's almost like a subscription. Like if you're you're familiar with the subscription process, mm-hmm. you can set it for three months, six months, or weeks, um, and they automatically get pulled from the credit card that they opted to sign up for, for your services. It will continuously for you know agreed amount. And, and if it's once a month, if you set it that way, it will automatically deduct that payment for you. And what happens is that PayPal will go ahead and auto-generate an invoice for that client. I mean, how great is that? So you don't have any uncomfortable conversations at all. It's just, it's done. It's part of that process. And a way for clients to get started with me is that they actually have to set this account up. I make it very easy for them. I put it on a PDF and it's a clickable PDF. So all that you have to do is click here and it just shows them the steps. It's super easy. It's, and it's, you know, hands-free. What was the third um, element? We did MailChimp. We did IPN. What was the other uh, thing we wanted to talk about? Oh, a lot less nitty-gritty. It's the, you talk a lot about pleasure in business. Oh. <laughs> so that's very different. It's quite different. Well, I don't know. Money you can buy. It's pleasurable to get paid, and that's part of it. But, you, but um, that was the third thing. I was going to come on to that. So we probably dealt with money for the moment. So... Um, You've talked talked to me about, how do you put it, if you enjoy yourself in your business, that you'll be more successful, which I thought was quite a radical idea. I think because, Mm. like a lot of women, I think you don't tend to put yourself first. Oh, yeah. And and I think the pleasure part of life can get, you know, put to the side. And and it it seems to be a big deal with you. And also you think it's a big part of a sustainable and successful business, particularly for women. Yeah, I mean, I'm, categorically, I think any woman, you know, we have that survival instinct and, and let's get that done first. And part of it is, is, you know, we're primary caretakers for the most part. So if we have children, how do we make sure that they're okay? You know, if we, we have a husband, we might, or a partner, we might we want to make sure that he or she is okay. Um, and, and, you know, usually we're last. And what happens if you're an entrepreneur? <laughs> what you throw, throw yourself, you know, in that situation, being an entrepreneur, there's got to be a lot of self-care involved. And yeah, I'm starting, you know, you can totally hear the girl from LA on this one, but it, it absolutely has to deal with being in a place, place of pleasure. And you see it all around. I, I think when, when I see female entrepreneurs, um, you know, when I was working in 
LA or New York or even in San Francisco, if they got a treatment done like a manicure pedicure, you would see these women having laptops on on their their laps and working so they have a reason to enjoy that moment and work. What if you can constantly and consistently be in that space where you're taking care of yourself and you're able to work. So what happened to me in 2011 is that I, I went to a, a wonderful um, women uh, school of womanly arts in New York, and it was amazing. And it, one of the things that it taught me was that if you put those two ideas together, what would happen? My whole business transformed, and it had to do a lot with money. And, and we talked about how I get paid in advance because that made me feel good. So I kept on doing things that are in keeping of making me feel good. And a lot of that had to deal with pleasure. And you can take that however you like. <laughs> this isn't an R-rated podcast. So I, th- I, th- I think we might not go too, too far with that one. But you, you, I think you talked about... Um, and I, and I think this is true when you talk about med- pedicures and, and manicures and, and hair and makeup. It's it's like a spa-like aspect to your life, isn't it? But also, I think you were talking, I think this is more practical in a way, like you enjoy putting things on Pinterest, and but that also contributes to your business and puts things out there that potential customers might like. But, I mean, women enjoy putting things on Pinterest. I mean, that's why there's so many women on it. I think it really goes back to, and now we're, we're going back to some of the things that are, you know, basic for women. I mean, we, I mean, thousands and thousands of years, we've done beauty rituals. And, you know, the Pinterest is a visual beauty ritual. Um, getting uh, your hair blown out um, or you're getting the manicure, pedicure, or you're getting your makeup done. Those are the, that's the essence of what beauty rituals are for women. And it doesn't mean, by the way, I'm so not a girly girl. I'm more of a tomboy than a girl, a girly girl. Um, but those moments where you're relaxing and you're adorning yourself are so important. It means for that moment that you're important and you're you're it you're you're the energy that's being focused on and if you did that with your business and by the way guys are brilliant at doing this they're so awesome um they really can focus on listen i'm gonna go ahead and and work this hard and i'm gonna go on a fishing trip like that's my time that's what i'm gonna do and women don't do that women will you know those do what they need to do. You know, what's what's in that list, that imaginary uh, list-taking list that's always populating in our head? We're more interested in creating that sometimes. Um, but if you were to, you know, take some... some I would say some examples for men they're very they're very unapologetic and they do that as part of who they are. So if you did that for yourself, could you imagine how far you would go? Could you imagine if you put yourself first and of course there's realistic parameters around that. But if you did that more often, what kind of work would you produce? It would be amazing. Because you'd enjoy it more, which is really what you're saying, isn't it? Oh yeah, and I think you and I even talked about you know the the, the naps. <laughs> oh yes, Francesca had a great idea, and I think this is supported by. I don't have the research to hand, but there's a lot of talk now that people just don't get enough sleep, mm. and if you really want to 
you know be able to do your work very well and you can have a nap in the day apparently that's a really good way to boost but the other side of it that Francesca's talking about is that it um, it makes you feel happy and good as well because you're not completely tired out that's what you meant I think I think when I get and I'll, you know I'm the American side when I get manic <laughs> Or, you know, I or think that's really, what we're talking about here, yes. You know, when I get manic or I get, you know, very in my own stuff, mm. um, I, I know that part of it is that I'm really exhausted, um, I'm overstimulated, and I need some downtime. Mm. And for me, that means, like, I need to sleep. I need an hour nap. I need to just recharge. And um, I find it to be more so as I'm getting older. Um <laughs> You could laugh all you want on that one, but I also no, think, I think that it's there's true for everybody. Yeah, I think there's also some really great recognition on honoring where you need to be. If you need, if you need to like block out three to four, block out three to four. You know, you don't have to take a nap, but you need that downtime. And what happens is, it's like you get a second wind, and you're mm-hmm. even better for whatever type of work that you want to produce. But it's like giving you yourself permission to do that to have that little enjoyment isn't it all of i think i think being a female entrepreneur you have to give yourself a lot of permission because there's a lot of people that don't understand what you're going through so you're going to be the one that's going to have to do that for yourself i think that's very good advice and not obvious at all actually oh totally not obvious yeah now we've covered a lot of ground here i don't know if there's anything that you think is really valuable that you can add that we haven't covered anything at all Oh, you know, I think the, the the biggest takeaway that the past meetings I've been having are with females that feel exhausted, want to do everything themselves, and don't really see the value in hiring somebody to help them. And uh, there's a lot of different reasons. There's, there's, uh, you know, listen, I'm the only person and I, I have to pay myself something. I can't pay anybody else, which is totally valid. But what I want to introduce to you is, is the idea of getting a virtual assistant. Um, virtual assistants are amazing. I have a team of five women that work with me and they really just cut through um, a lot of the stuff that I have to do from week to week. And it could be anything from processing orders, answering customer service letters, um, anything that you can do that you can train somebody else to do, that is worth its weight in gold. And with companies like odesk.com, you can source somebody that's pretty legit. They actually put them through a, um, uh, a particular process where they are tested for, for English and the skill set that you're hiring for. Um, they also have like kind of like amazon.com. They have like a star rating, so to speak. So, so this person ranks this percentage with all the people they work with prior. So that can help you make a decision whether you want to work with them. I have really easy simple tips to use people like that you can check out any of my websites um, I think in particular with this one hustleandglow.com has a lot of great tips on how to use virtual assistants and um, it's really easy once you get it started now it, I'm not going to lie it's not um, very fluid in the beginning it's like anything in business you have to put them through the rigor of understanding what you need to do I use um, easy software to do that it sounds all technical but it doesn't have to be um, a lot of this is very intuitive so um, there's some great easy steps that you can do and again 
feel free to contact me and I can show you how to do that. Because one of the biggest things, one of the biggest blocks for entrepreneurs is that whole feeling in, in of overwhelm. How can you get that element out? And it's always something that you're going to be constantly facing. But if you can get somebody to alleviate 20 to 40 hours of work off your desk, isn't it worth putting that six months into training somebody to help you with that long term? I suppose the other thing it would do as well, even though it's remotely, is that a lot of entrepreneurs are, are quite sales oriented and, and they're quite good at getting the product or the service and getting that up and going. But the execution side of it, which includes managing people, managing staff and managing growth, is where they fall down. And that, mm. that's well known. And as, you could also consider this to be a um, like training wheels for that kind of thing in a way. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And the, one of the great things I like about, you know, circling back to the meetups that I do is that, and, and we meet in Auckland uh, uh, quite often, and what we do is not only do we give each other support and we obviously network, but we're able to really talk about these things. So um, this particular weekend, we're, we're covering the topic of closing the deal. How do you get that client to sign on? You know, I'm, I'm going to do a virtual assistant series too, so you know how to source find and grow your team there are ways that you know women are really good at sharing and it's meetup is such a great way to to use that platform and share things that you know eventually might be you know beneficial so i was talking with somebody that had a meeting this week and that in itself is so great that when you share you remember and that's how women really build networks and you never know how that's going to come back to you and it's so important to give your knowledge now because you might need some knowledge in the future what social media is all about as well isn't it sharing yep you give and you get definitely now Francesca tells me that she always answers her emails and she says that we've covered so much ground here that I'm sure there'll be questions ringing in people's heads so if you want to contact her you can contact her at francesca at socialglobalgrind.com and she'll be launching a new zealand social media service quite soon and i have to make a disclosure here that i've been helping her do this but one of the things that she's very positive about is that with her social media business both the present one hustle and glow and also what she's planning is that she wants everyone to be able to afford something, no matter where you are. So one of the things that's quite nice about it is that her prices start at the level of a month's worth of coffees, as she puts it, or a month's gym membership. Anyway, thank you very much for talking to us today and sharing some of your useful social media and other ideas, things that you've learned in Hollywood and San Francisco with your experience with startup businesses there as well. And... Um, Thank you very much. Oh, thank you so much, too. It's been a pleasure. I have to ask, what's your Twitter handle? My Twitter handle is globalgirl underscore LA. Okay. So there we are. A couple of ways to get in touch with her. Hustle and Globe is the main website at the moment, isn't it? Uh, Social Global Grind is my first ever website. So socialglobalgrind.com is where the blog lives. Hustleandglow.com is a place where if you're an entrepreneur and you need support, that's a place to go. Okay, and the other thing that I liked, I think it's on the Social Global Grind one, is there's a blog post about money and asking your clients to pay you. 
Yeah, and it's a little provocative too because I, I think I even say something like, "We can talk about sex, but we can't talk about money." <laughs> we need th- to talk about money. <laughs> yes, I think that's very much the way the world is. Thanks again. The New Zealand Business Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, your strategic and proactive IT partner.